Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Good evening from the Fever Tree Championships at the Queen's Club where myself, David Law, Catherine Whittaker and Matt Roberts sit on a balcony overlooking nine and a bit thousand seats that are all empty now and were just a few minutes ago filled with people getting incredibly excited because a British player very nearly won and then <laughs> didn't. A tale as old as time. Oh. But it was so close and it was uh, James Ward who'd qualified for the main draw and... Uh, done really well to do so he beat Ivo Karlovic along the way and then he was 4-2 up third set against Gilles Simon trying to get revenge wasn't he for that Davis Cup match that they played on this same court uh, from four years ago in which Gilles Simon really thrashed him and didn't get the job done in the end I mean some of the rallies at the end they were like 20-30 shots long I can't imagine anything worse than playing Gilles Simon it just looks awful. It looks absolutely <laughs> awful. You know, you know. Well, I certainly know David is guilty of this because I've seen it with my own eyes. Maybe you're more more virtuous than us, Matt. But when you hit a glorious shot and you just want to stand and admire it, and while you're standing and admiring it, your annoying chopper opponent drifts it back to you, just just clearing the net and just sitting up at an, an irritating height and bouncing in a dodgy direct- direction with an irritating variety of slice. That's Gilles Simon, isn't it? <laughs> but sort of world-class version. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he's a world-class chopper. He's, he's, a, he's, he's the best in the world at being the bloke at your tennis club that nobody wants to play because they're just going to beat you but in the most annoying way possible. So credit to James Ward for <laughs> pushing him to a third set time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm that, full of admiration. And actually, James Ward has a bit of that in him as well because it was just becoming this rally of just trying to outfox one another without any massive power. But then one of them would just inject a bit and an angle and take charge but couldn't put it away. Oh, they yeah. went on forever, those runs. I didn't he's, know. He's behind oh, you, just David. behind us. I didn't know James Ward had such a good slice. He's, he's yeah. literally about he's to He's literally past, right there. Yeah. Well, but he played very he well played today. So, and it was one of those matches where... <laughs> you can't hear me now. Good stuff, James. Good stuff. No, he did play well, I have to say. And 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 he's, he's crestfallen as he walks past us. I mean, he 
it hurts this sort of thing because I mean actually tomorrow as well he's hoping he gets given a wild card for Wimbledon that's what they're waiting for the wild cards come out tomorrow and it's probably touch and go for James if he'd have won that match I think he'd probably been mm. a shoe in for it um, it's it's tough but maybe he still will get one I'm just really pleased for him that he's got back out on this court I mean two years ago I thought he, his career was over because of knee surgery and um, and he's done incredibly well to, to get back out onto this stage and his body language was so good when Ward was 4-2 up in the final set with a break Simon then won three games in a row and was serving for the match and Ward could have completely slumped and thought oh this has got away from me mm. but his body language was so good and he got the break straight back to go to five all and then it was just one of those matches where the tighter it got the better it got the rallies we were asking for clips of it and we were saying oh yep we'll have that point we'll have that point we'll have that point <laughs> just the stream <laughs> of points that were just so good towards the end yeah it's, it's it's just a totally different type of tennis, isn't it, to what you see when you've got big servers or when you've got, I don't know, players with massive topspin or huge forehand. Neither one of these two had got mm. any of that, really, but it was just compelling viewing. And it came off the back of another really interesting match. We're, we're, gonna, we're working our way sort of backwards through the day here, but... The, the Cameron Norrie against Kevin Anderson match was interesting in its own right, wasn't it? Because again, you'd got Norrie, just like Ward, took the first set. I think he slightly caught Anderson cold because Anderson hasn't played in months, has he, because of this elbow injury. But always felt that if he managed to get that second set, it, the, the class, the, the, the sort of maturity... Of, of a player like Anderson, it starts to come to the fore. And in the macro sense, as we were discussing earlier, David, if he could just get that win, then he could get on a big, big run. Here, I, think. I mean, he is the second seed, and yeah. probably, but for the injury, you'd, you'd put him as the favourite ahead mm. of Tsitsipas, given his, his record here and generally on grass. I think he suddenly becomes very dangerous and, after today. And especially because you said his elbow held up well and Did he? he said I mean tomorrow will be the the pudding as it were but yeah but in it, terms of how he wakes up in the morning and whether it's because he had massive strapping all over it didn't he, he? Did have a lot of kinesio tape didn't he I mean I never really I mean I, I've got kinesio tape on at the moment I, it could be doing things that I'm not aware <laughs> of but is it one I, of those multicolored ones I think it's a little bit of Emperor's New Clothes it's bright pink they do it's uh, snazzy if nothing else right they do can they do camouflage version as yeah. well yeah I didn't yeah. look very good when I put it. I think it. it's you know a, a way to brighten up a physio's day, but yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know what it does. Casually, basically, that's just physios having a laugh, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. well, it would have to be. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it have to be skin coloured to be camouflaged? Otherwise, it would just it would just show up. No, but it? you're you're saying it in the literal sense. Okay, I'm saying it in the sort of traditional sense of what Camo. you, you know, okay. when you're out in the jungle. Yes, and you've got to put yeah. that sort of kinesio tape in yeah. onto sort of blend in. But it'd be good yeah, to have David's an army kind of guy. I don't know whether you, how you've not gathered that. Because <laughs> it would be good to have camouflage tape. tape so that your opponent didn't know you were wearing it. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. Have a right. Yes, that is a good point. Like Nick Kyrgios and his big leg knee brace that he wasn't wearing today. No, Nick Kyrgios was in, was in an unbelievably good mood today in the in the players' lounge. He was going around heckling people's interviews. And yeah, we were trying to interview other people, <laughs> and he just kept on getting into the shot and trying to disrupt it. Now that now the weight of the leg brace has been lifted who, from him. Who did he disrupt today, Nick Kyrgios? Shapovalov, uh, Shapovalov was doing a quiz that Kyrgios had already done, and he was sort of <laughs> heckling him with the giving him the wrong answer, I think, to throw him off. And then he did. It, he was just laughing at 
or Joe Aliassime doing the same thing. And then he was playing table tennis in the background with uh, Tommy Paul, I think, and I saw Tommy Paul lose and had to he had to sort of lift his shirt up and Kyrgios whacked the table tennis ball at him as hard as he possibly could. What's Tommy Paul doing here? Tommy Paul? <laughs> he was in qualifying. He's right? good, Tommy Paul. I know, but he's... Yeah. he's He's not, not in the event, not in the mix. He is in the event now. Isn't yeah, he? no, he, he, he did. He right? did come through. Yeah, yes, he's he playing tomorrow. Oh, yeah, I take it all back. He came through the qualifying rounds. Oh. Yeah, squeaked through. And uh, I, I genuinely take it all back. Yeah. You are in the mix, Tommy, because <laughs> the mix is the draw. Apparently. We did define this quite strictly last night, and you made me s- sort of. Row, you rode back all the way. Rode back all the way to the port to about eight players from my yeah. previous thirty-two. Uh, on the subject of Nick Kyrgios, just quickly, he, he didn't play today. He's playing tomorrow. On court one. On court one, last on. Um, he, he did a press conference today. And again, as you say, he was in a good mood, wasn't he? It's, it's interesting the way he he can change just like a flick of the fingers, really. And he came he came in and he was talking about how much he likes this time of year. And, and it's a bit like the Australian summer for him. It feels a bit more like home and... It will be interesting, though, as you say. Court one tomorrow. It's a thousand seats that court. Nice, it's a nice I court. I think it's absolutely the right place for that match to be. There is none of the matches on centre tomorrow that you'd even consider moving off centre, in my view. But Nick Kyrgios doesn't play well on outside of centre courts, generally Except, speaking. Unless it's a good crowd and an intimate setting where he feels like he's part of it. Sometimes, you know, I mean, I know a high sense arena is a big arena, but. It, he likes that one. That's not centre court. Yeah, but that's rowdy. Queen's Club mm. ain't rowdy, David. I think that court, though, might... might yeah. The crowd are a bit closer to a you. A mini mm. high sense. Yeah. It's not called high sense anymore. No, is it? We're Melbourne giving, Arena. We're oh, yeah. giving high sense undue well, promotion. For old time's sake. <laughs> um, so mini high sense arena. I'll look out for that. So that's him tomorrow. Uh, going back over the rest of the order of play, we had Daniel Medvedev win today. Who he beat Fernando Vanaska. Such a good grass court. Pretty he, handily. He Dangerous. is definitely in the mix. Talking about in good grass court players. Andrew Manorino against Kyrgios tomorrow. Manorino's he's great. Suddenly won a title after about eight goes. And his his game really suits grass because he's got such sort of short swings that. He doesn't All get flat. rushed, and it hits it so flat that it yeah. sort of skips through the Lefty surface. Lefty as well. I'm always, but I, I was sort of trying to. We didn't have the time really because there was so much tennis. But I was trying to get into it a bit with Greg today in in the Prime Studio about why lefties are so good on grass. Like logically, that doesn't quite I stack bet, up for me. But they he, are lefties. Work, it works on grass. I bet he just he's sort, of just sort of says sl- sliding, sliding, add court serve. Right. And I sort of glaze over a little bit. But <laughs> I, I mean, I believe him. But I yeah. just sort of think, give me, give me something pithier than that. <laughs> I could just imagine when you start to say though, left-handers. Why is it left-handers do so well on grass? I could just imagine his shoulders going back. Oh well, when I reached the semi here in 1997, <laughs> yeah. in his 2018 tiebreak that I knelt courtside <laughs> during. Thinking it was about to be the end of the match, so I could take him to his interview, and there I was cramping for twenty minutes courtside, kneeling down uh, as Greg Rosetsky lost the tiebreak twenty eighteen to Goran Ivanovic, um, and I have reminded Greg of that a number of times. And uh, his are, are media professionals allowed to receive treatment for cramp <laughs> mid mid tiebreak? Well, maybe, but it didn't happen on that occasion, and uh, I just sort of. It was like a sort of robot, you know, as I tried to get back to my feet. Um, anyway, um, where were we? We're in 1997, So, yeah, David. Daniel Medvedev was very good today. 
He is, isn't isn't he, he is a good. nice bloke? I mean, I, I don't know him at all, right? But my experiences of him over the last couple of days, lovely fella, comes in our office, has a little chat, very nice, and then he turns into this absolute animal when he's out on the court and he'll lose his rag at the drop of a hat. Yeah, he's had some indiscretions on the court, and please oh, yeah. do, I've had very little to do with him off the court, and oh, please do. He's nothing, he's... Like, he's nothing like you think he'll be, oh, that's in my view. Yeah. Uh, based on what I've seen on court, I've seen him have rows with Sitsipas. Throw I've seen, money. You know, he's, he's, behaved, he's behaved badly at times. But with us, you know, back, backstage, he comes in and he's lovely. Really nice fella. So, anyway. Touch of the Andy Murrays. My experience. And he beat Fernando Velasco today. What other match did, am I missing on centre court? Defending today? champion, Marin oh, yeah. Cilic. Marin Cilic. Who I thought was about to do a Marin Cilic. Yeah. When he was... What is a Marin Cilic? Well, Ooh. lose from a winning position. Or at least extend it into a third set. He was, what, a set and 5-2 or something he, he like that? He won the very best to, to lose from a winning position. He won position. the first set 6-1 in 20 minutes and then was a serve for the match in the second set and Garin... Mm broke back and then Garin was four love up in the tie break but Cilic somehow somehow clung on there was a really interesting sort of dynamic to that match because you've got Christian Garin with all the form and all mm. the confidence and absolutely no pedigree at this tournament or on this surface and you've got the exact opposite in Marin Cilic all the form oh, sorry all the pedigree all uh, all the experience and absolutely none of the form yeah. And none yeah. of the confidence. It was noticeable the way Garin just started to get into it in that second set. You could see him enjoying it. You could see him kind of learning grass court yes. tennis before your very eyes. It's great with that, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And equally, though, when we talk about Kevin Anderson having not played in a long time, I sort of feel it's not that dissimilar for a player like Marin Cilic, mm. who's clearly out of form, has been injured, but has just got no form. Admits it, says the first six months of this year have been really tough for him. But squeaking through a match or two it might start to come back and the feeling might return it's it's just interesting watching these players who've been at the top and have won these sort of titles just trying to find the answers out there will Wayne Ferreira be the answer well that's that's an interesting one isn't it because Ferreira came into the office earlier um new coach for the grass court season of Marin Cilic and a champion here we were he, we had a little look at his record here because um, I remember him winning the title here in 92 and then my first ever year here was 96 and I, I, I regaled this tale to him of standing courtside when it was a, a bit like this you know as we sit here now it's it's nearly nine o'clock at night the it's still daylight but it's it's getting darker the sun is setting and I remember an occasion just like this in 1996 when Wayne Ferrer was out on the court against Michael Stick, and Michael Stick did not want to be on the court at all he thought it was too dark to play tennis and he was demanding the supervisor come out and he was shouting at everybody in the vicinity and Michael Stick is the loveliest bloke <laughs> off the court but again he's a bit of a lawyer on court and he will debate things with you um, until like Greg apparently yeah well what Greg's a bit of a lawyer. There was a moment in the studio today where Greg revealed he may or may not um, do a law degree. Oh, <laughs> okay. Let's get Greg on the pot. <laughs> talk to him about law. Anyway, uh, I'm the law. The <laughs> so I'm enjoying this beer. It's very nice. Um, so in 1996, we're standing there, and eventually Wayne Ferreira beats Michael Stig seven six in the third. Right. And it is virtually pitch black dark. Were you cramping? 
I was no, I was all right. <laughs> but it was my first ever occasion of working in tennis, and I was the person that had to take Michael Stick defeated seven six in the third off the court into the locker room, and to tell him he had to do a press conference. So off I go, um, and I walk up to him. Don't know him at all. Never met him. Excuse me, Michael. You've got to go to a press conference now. And he goes, uh, no, I'm not doing it. I want to see the supervisor right now. And the uh, so supervisor comes up, has to talk to him. And Michael was a gent afterwards. I mean, like I say, I think he's the nicest bloke. He used to work for, with us on BBC Radio. and he was re- He's a really nice fellow. But when they're in the heat of the battle and they feel wronged like that, it's, it's really tough for them to come to terms with. And... Ferreira couldn't remember any of this when I was telling him about it earlier. And I, was, and I said, no, I'm sure this happened. We looked up the head-to-head. There it was, 7-6 in the third. And he, 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 he noted that he got a three-all record against Michael Stick, who was a Wimbledon champion. So Ferreira really knows grass court tennis. He, he, I feel as though, and I'd, and I'd say this to him, I feel like he underachieved at Wimbledon given his skill set. It was that famous match against Henman, wasn't there? Yeah. Brilliant with, match. With a line call, pre-Hawkeye, table-turning li- line call. Yeah, I, I, I do vaguely remember yeah. that. I remember seeing replays of it in slow motion from every angle that the BBC had to <laughs> offer. And they were sort of going, hey, wouldn't it be great if there was some sort of technology that could determine but, definitively? You know, I'd love to get Ferreira to tell us what his plan is for Marin Well, well I know he only got the call mid-last week. So he might not have a plan yet. So that's interesting, you perhaps suggesting that he might bring some sort of grass court nous to Chilich, or do you think it's more just well, confidence and I mean, what, a new voice kind of thing? Because What Goran did back in the day was get Chilich to hit out, didn't he, and really mm. go for his shots. But the, my mind goes back to about 10, 12 years ago when Wayne Ferreira told me that he... That Tim Henman really frustrated him on grass those mm. in the latter stages of Tim's career because he stopped serving a volley. He said, you know, you've got one of the best serving volleys in the game in Tim Henman and, and he doesn't do it anymore. Right. He's staying at the back of the court and he says, I don't understand it. He says, Stefan Edberg used to believe in serving volley, so he did it. You know, and I, and I remember asking Tim, Wayne Ferreira said this about you. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? And he said... Uh, I know what he means, but the, the the conditions have changed. It's not the same. Grass court tennis isn't what it was when I started playing it. So I'm just wondering whether Ferreira will try and get Chilich to the net more. It's coming back into fashion, isn't mm. it? I mean, all these young, all the all the youngsters are, are. It's very trendy to be up at the net and to be playing doubles and to be keen to hone, hone your skills there I mean we've had a, a decade or so where it's been I mean some players have, have been adept at the net you know plenty of them but it's been it's it's been not unusual to have a complete black spot in your game you know there have been players that just don't know what they're doing at the net they really have um, and I think that's going out of fashion now I think having any kind of hole in your game is is not cool Plus, it's, it's used as a difference maker, isn't it? Mm. To differentiate yourself from the baseliners. And it's actually struck me with Medvedev today. He had some really nice touches at the net, which I've never seen from him before. He is so in the mix, isn't he? he I really was <laughs> impressed with him today. <laughs> he's, he's just so... Like, the word that, always, that I always think of with Medvedev is deceptive. Like, to watch him... Wily. I just... 
the fundamental components of his game don't impress me hugely but we put them all together I'll tell him that tomorrow <laughs> it's, it, it, but it is it's unspectacular isn't it but yeah. so effective so effective and I and I think he's in the bottom half of the draw with Chilic and Anderson who we've spoken about might might get confidence might get form but it feels like a really really open draw but especially bottom half yeah I'd rather be in the bottom half than the top half yeah and uh, but for Evans against Vavrinka oh what a match which is the remaining bottom half first round it will be played first up tomorrow mm, yeah has there ever been a better round one order of play than what there is i mean let's, let's just go through it very quickly <laughs> stan Vavrinka against dan evans then is it kyle edmund no ag- yeah no <laughs> no del potro no, i've had a drink you, you tell me what the order of play is evans Vavrinka, del potro shapovalov sitsipas edmund dimitrov or joaliasim yes Yes, yeah. and then there's I mean, uh, pick your favourite there? out of that There's lot. Puy and uh, Puy against Clark. Clark on court one. Then Fucevic against Feliciano Lopez. Then Milos Raonic against Marco Cecchinato. Then Nick Kyrgios against Adrian Manorino. And then there's there's other matches as well on the outside courts. Alex Dimonor against Aliash Bedene is on court five. There you go. Uh, let's remember that Evans against Favrinka was a third round match at the U.S. Open in 2016 and Evans had a, a match point so obviously you know one point different and Evans would have gone on to win that US Open <laughs> and, yeah, uh, that's right we'd be having a very different discussion now mm. I used to like Dan Evans and uh, then he started talking about Villa every five seconds and promotion and yes I saw him heckling when, you when today was, was he doing that today because mm. I during a sort of painful two minutes at the Australian Open when there, I'd sat down to interview Dan Evans in the stalls and there was a sort of technical glitch with lighting or something and I had to sort of entertain him so he didn't get antsy and go, I don't know, I'm, 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 I'm not going to put up with your faffing, I'm going to ditch this. So obviously I resorted to football bants <laughs> uh, and uh, sort of tried to engage him in chat about Villa and he was like, oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not really into it at the moment. I'm, I'm, I'm living in Cheltenham. <laughs> Well, they were rubbish. Oh, they were doing point. badly in January. Well, yeah, yeah. exactly. So I, I'm, I'm sensing a glory supporter here. Well, the weird. I mean, he's not, but he's. I mean, he's a bit weird with it all because <laughs> I mean, he, 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 they've got promoted, and the manager that has got them promotion, he's not convinced by. I'm like, that makes absolutely no sense didn't, at all. Didn't they win like he? ten games in a row? Yeah. What yeah. more do you want? Yeah. Anyway, um, so who does he want? Who would he rather have? He doesn't. Does he wants Slavin Bilic. Properly, uh, if you've got any sense, the second best yep. Slav. So, so <laughs> um, what about the rest of the day tomorrow? Before we have a little look at the other events that have taken place today, um, what's your what match of those four on centre are you most looking forward to? Because I mean, those are belters, aren't they? Well, we've been billing Sitsipas Edmund as the match of the day and on paper it is sort of in the headline sort of casual viewer sense I think it probably is but and I think it probably will be really really good but for me it's Evans Vavrinka I was sat courtside for that match at the US Open in 2016 and it was breathtaking Dimitrov Felix Auger yeah that's mine I think these shoulder problems that are making me a bit edgy but I I like that stylistically what about Delpo against Shapovalov I I mean they're all great (laughs) (laughs) what's yours Matt yeah I think 
Felix against Grigor, and I like the fact that it's in that fourth slot. I think we saw that with Ward well, I mean, and it could Simon still be today. on tomorrow night if the weather yeah. played ball. I think it's such a gr- perfect time of the day for a good match and. Auger seem coming off that final. How will he deal with it? Dimitrov. Could this? Could it end up being the start of something for Grigor Dimitrov? <laughs> he's already had that. Every time he gets a win, it's the start of something. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's had he's had three <laughs> full starts. <laughs> Go on, Grigor. <laughs> he's a lovely bloke. He's, he a, he's such a lovely bloke. He's he's, he's nice he's, to everybody. He's isn't had he? an awful year. He's got a shoulder injury. He's in constant pain, and he was strolling around that the the suite where we were doing all the pre-tournament interviews yesterday with the cheeriest sunniest disposition wasn't he he was just delightful I sort of there's an awful part of me that wants him to be a bit more depressed Mm. but I'm also pleased that he's not depressed because you know but bless him Hey I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Right, what's happening in Haller today? Let's have a look. Um, so, phones out. We have had... Uh, what I saw of Haller was... Uh Alex Verov having a, a heck of a fall oh. against Robin Harser. I saw a, a video of it online. It really looked nasty. It looked properly nasty. He cut his left knee and he seemed to hyperextend his right knee. I mean, Greg was watching it and really wincing at it because mm. somebody had obviously... But he won the match, so... Uh, well, I remember uh, Greg going over here in, I think, 97. He doesn't ever talk about no, it, David. No, 97, 98. Oh. 98 it was. That was, that was the... Yeah, yeah. He he mentions it once or twice. Yeah. 
I, I dare say. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, he was going to win Wimbledon that year as well. Uh, that was the year he was going to win Wimbledon. Oh. Yeah, I'm glad you said that and not me. <laughs> Tony Pickard was. Well, hasn't someone posted then? that about Zverev winning Wimbledon this year as well? People it's... keep posting it about Zverev winning Wimbledon. Who's uh, saying that? Uh, Zverev? Yeah. <laughs> oh. uh, well, he won today, 6 he's, 4 7 no, 5. He's saying he is, hopes to win Wimbledon. Right. Okay. Match between so the K's. <laughs> Kachanov beat Shikmanovic. Kachmanovic. Yeah, that's him. Uh, and then Pierre Ugebert beat Guillaume Monfils. Ooh. Hallo just exists somewhere in my subconscious. Yeah. What, it yeah. sort of happens, but it's so yeah. hard to focus on it. In Birmingham, uh, at the WCA Birmingham's event been good there, today. Birmingham, uh, Heather Watson had a, a real thriller against Barbora Stritzova, but the Czech woman won in three. Carolina Pliskova, straight sets over Buzanescu. Sabalenka's troubles continue. 7-6 in the third, defeated by... You could just imagine... Apparently she had a meltdown, David. Well, she was playing Chase away. Yeah, so <laughs> it, could you it's understandable. Oh, it's I mean, the, the female Gilles Simon. No, I, no. That's this, hot. She's, no, she's Hold tricksy. On. No, no. In terms of the frustration, not in terms of the style of play, she's, she's trickier than... Gilles Simon. I think he's. I think he would be the male, Shesuway, because she's oh, right, she's okay, better yeah. at it all. Do you know what I mean? But actually, she's she doesn't play like Shesuway. But I imagine the effect on the opponent yeah, is psychologically maddening. Is Fabri maddening. Santoro is the Shesuway. Yes. Really. Yeah. Yes. Back in the day. Yeah, we are giving Simon too much credit. <laughs> Marguerite, I mean, he's a good player, but he ain't that. Margarita Gasparian uh, Ooh, defeated Alina Svitolina at 6 4 in the third. You can't, you actually, it's. It's kind of Ooh. a bit like Rio with a Y. You have to say Margarita Gasparian <laughs> with the lovely single-handed backhand all in one sentence every time. Is that a uh, double loss for Gems Life RIP oh, today? Yes. It is a bit, yeah. Uh, Joe Conta was winner against Annette Kontovic. I think that's six, really big. 4-6-2. Really great win. A, because Annette Kontovic's really tough, um, has been playing really well recently, and B, because it's been so easy to have a letdown post Paris. I mean... I, I would have been, you know, rocking back and forth for at least a couple of weeks, I think, after after that semi-final. So I'm so impressed that mm. that she's she's done that today. Yeah. Well, her game just fits, doesn't it, as well? Um, all the, the speed of the court really works with her ground strokes, which are working so well. Uh, in Mallorca at the moment, Belinda Bencic has got a win. Sophia Kenin has as well. Uh, but they are in the early stages, their first round matches. But loads of grass court tennis going on. It's kind of... It does feel bigger, doesn't it, the grass court season than it used to. There are more tournaments, there's an extra week. And like I say, wild cards tomorrow for Wimbledon. It's big, quite a big day for a, quite a few people. Mm. Yeah, I can imagine that must be so nerve wracking. So, mm. so nerve wracking. Uh, Dan Evans was asked. Um, and uncomfortable it being so, so out of your hands. So, yeah. so out of your hands. I mean, a, hands. Y- a year ago, Dan Evans was, well, I don't think he even was hoping for a wild card, really, because he, I think he felt as though I don't really deserve one uh, because of what I did. And I know how determined he was that this year he would get in on his own ranking, which is what he's done. I think he's really proud of that. He's and, done it and, twice over. And so he should be. I mean, last year he was going into the, the Wimbledon pre-qualifying in order to get into the qualifying because Wimbledon wouldn't give uh, a qualifying wild card, which, which I th- think was the right decision, personally, um, for them. But it's. 
I find it quite emotional seeing what he's doing at the moment. Um, the success he's having. I know he was a prize idiot two years ago in, in, in what he did in testing positive and he deserved his ban. But the fact I thought his career was over two years ago and it was about the anniversary right now of when, when I heard that he that he was gonna that he tested positive, um, a day or so before it came out, and I felt so it was just so depressing that somebody who'd finally figured it out had had it or had just blown it in the way in the way he had and here two years on he served that that punishment and has just rebuilt and he is a better player now than he was then i mean he is i think he will top the ranking 34th in the race right now he is for the year yeah which is above his dimitrov yeah and above his career high which is 41 is it i think yeah. So he's, he's I think he is he on the cusp of breaking his career high. He's mm. not he's not far off. He's about he's about 68 in the world. Isn't oh, he? He's still got yeah. 20 okay. odd places to go. But he the thing is he's got the cusp all of the cusp. but he's got all points to gain. He he, yeah. he lost first round here last year. He didn't play Wimbledon, so it's all yeah. money in the bank for him in that way points wise. And I mean he's understated. He doesn't make a song and dance. He doesn't pretend that he's something he's not, but it's um, it's a cool story, I think. Um, but a Villa fan. Yeah, I mean, everything's got a downside, isn't <laughs> it? Uh, so, I think that's about it for another tennis podcast brought to you in association with the Telegraph. Have I forgotten anything? Thanks, so. Thanks, so. Right, <laughs> let's go, shall we? Uh, we are executive produced by tennisballs.com. Our mascot is Rio with a Y. A plane is going over as the sun sets over the centre court at the Queen's Club, and we will be back with another one of these tomorrow. 